Welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's having a fantastic Friday today. Once again, this is Angie from the Savvy Team, and I'm joined again, which is super excited, with Maya. Hi, everyone. Awesome. So we are, again, we make up part of the Savvy Team, and we are going to continue on with our conversation about follow-up process and really using workflows and automations to make your life easier which is very exciting and it's something that we both nerd out to and just love don't we yeah automations and processes and workflows some of our favorite things it is and it's one of those things that once you get more comfortable with it and understand how much it can help your life i think it's one of those things that everyone ends up loving them um, because we both love them for different reasons. So you yeah. love like doing it and setting it up and everything. And I just like the result. <laughs> I like both. Yeah, you do like both. That's true. I don't love I like setting it up. I mean, honestly, if I could get the result without setting it up, I would love it just yeah. as much. Yeah. <laughs> but cause like, I do enjoy it. You know, yeah. Sort of like a, a, a detective mystery process of trying to figure out exactly what needs to go where and everything to make it work. Which you are really good at it too. Problem solving aspect of it. Yeah, you're really good at it. But I just like the result of how much time it saves me. And mm. it just makes, I, I love it because it makes me be able to provide a better customer service quality that is always just really important to me. <laughs> um, and it makes it easier for me to do it. So it's just really great. So what we're going to be talking about today, guys, is really going off of the sales follow-up chat that we had last week and talk about how to actually create these sales follow-ups and what's basically involved in doing it. And the easiest way I kind of got my head around to be able to present it to you guys over a podcast was creating basically seven steps to creating your follow-up process. So I've broken it down into seven steps for you to make it nice and easy and um, something you can follow along with. We are going to write up a blog to go with this podcast. So the seven steps will be written up as well for you to actually look through and um, follow in writing as well, just to make life easier. Because that's what we do. So first step is basically you need to start fresh. Um, so many bookkeepers that I talk about who have tried to do sales follow-ups or do a sales process of some sort have all of these, not horror stories, but negative experiences that they've had or something just hasn't worked out the way they wanted to. So they have a already kind of jilted concept of creating a follow-up system. So the first step you need to do is you need to forget what you've done in the past and just start over without judgment. Um, it's 
super important just to clear your slate. I know, um, you know, when I first started, I completely changed our follow-up process. And even just even a couple months ago, I changed it again. And um, it caused a lot of extra work for Maya. <laughs> it did. It really did. It really did. Um, it was, I think it's been hours of extra work now, hasn't it? Yeah. But it works. We've, it, yeah, it's really working. Yeah, oh, it's, it's making it amazing. And it's, again, delivering a better form of customer service. And it's really helping us connect with clients on another level. Yeah, I really like this as the first step, like start fresh. It's really good because, like, if you've been doing something and it hasn't been working, don't keep doing it. Do it differently. Or, Or, like, so many people will say, yeah, I've tried doing you know, follow-up calls or I've tried sending these emails out and it just doesn't work. It's just not for me. That's not true. true. What you've done doesn't work. That doesn't mean the process doesn't work. It just means the way you've tackled it previously doesn't work. So forget about that or, or learn from that. You know what doesn't work. Now you need to find a way to do it in a way that does work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just trial and error. Yeah. And it's sometimes like, I've been doing this for so long that I even go, okay, this is working, but I want it to actually work better. So I want to take the automations to another level and the sales process to another level. And give my lots more work to do. Yeah, I love giving you more work to do. Um, I'm about to give you more work as well because I'm going to do a thing with our follow-ups as well, which I haven't told you. I'll talk to you. Um, bring that on me in the middle of the podcast yeah yeah, I forgot to mention it to you the other day but um no it's one of those things that a follow-up process is just like your bookkeeping processes there's always room for improvement Mm -hmm. and one way that you've done bookkeeping forever and let's say 30 years doesn't mean that it's how you do it now there's always ways to improve and yeah, you're right. Like if something doesn't work, don't keep doing it and don't just not do it. Find a new way to do it. So hopefully this, these podcast series will help you find that way. So that's the first step. The second step is actually creating your sales experience. You need to actually map out what experience you want your clients potential clients to go through. And this is really important. And this is one of the things that um, we've started to tell people to basically do for any mentoring session with you, Maya, is actually mapping out what they need. Because you can't create a process until you actually know where you want it to go. Um, It's one of those steps that's just really, really important. You actually need to, I always like saying strategize, but you can say plan, map out anything. It's all the same thing. But you need to really think about the experience that you want potential clients to have. You need to break it down. And um, once you break it down, then you can figure out all the different touch points and actual follow-up steps that you need to do And then you can create the automations. And that's what you're really good at, Maya, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. I love watching your 
your brain work once we're like, okay, so I want this to happen. This is my plan for the experience. And then you can actually see the wheels turning in your head. I know. I was just going to say the wheels turning. Like, like imagine a, a ye oldie time machine with all the, the cogs and everything going. And that's like when you give me a problem like this, that's what my brain does. It just starts like happening yeah. around and we're like okay so if we do this thing then we do this thing then we might need to do this thing then but what if we do that it's going to make that happen and don't want that we want it to do this and it's amazing it's a problem solving and you know bookkeepers love problem solving a lot yeah. of them yeah i mean that's it's kind of like it in a way it's a similar thought process to doing a, a health check or something yeah i can i was thinking that earlier it's very much like a health check you have to go through and know the end result so mm. create yeah you need to know where you want to end at yeah. and where you want to start at and yeah. then you have to fill in the blanks in the middle exactly create it like a path so important yeah especially when it comes to sales and especially when it comes to sales with people who aren't 100 percent comfortable doing sales um i think that is really really important um is you know, not everyone can easily pick up the phone and just like have a chat with someone and then sell something to them. Not everyone are like that. My, I learned it from my dad. My dad is amazing at it. He's a pharmacist, but he's one of those people who he provides the value added. He's passionate about what he does, and then he can direct the person to the right thing to purchase. He doesn't think about the sale he's actually doing, but it's all in his sales process. Um, he just doesn't talk about it like that. <laughs> he just says like, like he's helping the people, like yeah, what they're and, asking. And you're all experts exactly. in your industry. Exactly. So you can all do exactly the same thing. You know what these people need. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to treat it like a sales call. Exactly. You just treat it like a I'm an expert providing some advice call. Exactly. And if they like you, they'll work with you. Yay. It's actually that easy. Um, You know, there's a lot of intricacies in sales. Um, And one of the, the reasons why I'm so passionate about it and why I've been doing it so long is that if I'm passionate about what I'm quote unquote selling, it's an easy thing to do. And since, you know, with savvy i'm just passionate about helping small businesses i'm passionate about helping bookkeepers because you buy domino effect help small businesses and it's all you know the kind of same thing so typically when i'm on a call with someone and a lot of our listeners are our clients when i'm on a call with you i'm not giving you a hard sell i'm having a chat giving you my value added information and then showing you how i can help you further that's all a sales call is for bookkeepers. You just need to map that out. Mm-hmm. So what I kind of did in this second step for creating your experience is I kind of broke down the different kind of experiences you can have. So there is experiences that can increase referrals. There's experiences that you can create to create trust to strengthen your relationship with the lead, to create testimonials and reviews. And that's really important for bookkeepers because I think on mass bookkeepers are horrible to ask for reviews because you don't want to bother your clients. 
but you actually get more new clients with the reviews from your existing clients. Um, you can create a experience for getting feedback to actually see how you are doing and providing your service, what you could improve, establishing your authority, increasing your social media presence, reducing client support communication, which is really massive. Um, especially right now because of everything happening, you want to make sure that you can still communicate with your clients, but in a controlled way that isn't taking up your entire day. Also, increasing overall engagement. So if you want people to be communicating to you more, um, let's say they never contact you or let you know if they hire a new employee, they just you just find out when you go through the books. Um, you can create a follow-up experience to increase that. I just forgot that word there. Sorry, guys. Um, and then it's also a way to identify and assign what we call in the industry as hot leads, deals that are likely to close really quickly and are the ones that you really don't want to miss following up. So it's, there's so many different ways you can create these experiences. Um, it's just really following, figuring out how to actually do it to make it easy for you. Um, I also wrote down in this one in my notes for today to go through in your sales experience, you know, I just told you a whole heap of different follow-up experiences you could do. Once you figure just out... Just to be clear, you don't have to do all of those. Yeah, you don't have to do all of those. Those ones are just like examples of what you might want to be doing. Because some of you, when I say sales experience, it doesn't necessarily mean sales to a new client. This could be just retaining of existing clients as well. Because that's equally Going as important. Exactly, exactly. And um, just, you know, the one with, you know, reducing client support. That is for existing clients. It can be whatever you want to streamline that you need to work on, basically. So anytime, let's say um, you want to increase your testimonials and reviews on Facebook and on Google. Let's say that that's your goal for your follow-ups. So in it, you need to figure out what the goal is. So for that one, you want to, that's directly for existing clients. So you need to figure out if you, your goal, overall goal is to collect testimonials. So for every single follow, you would need to then have like a link to actually provide them the option to do the testimonials. Mm -hmm. You need to just go through and really figure out what exactly the end goal is. And then you can create your follow-ups. If that makes sense. <laughs> the next one is once you've created what the goal is, then people like Maya come in and brains like Maya come in and you you time to establish actual automations that need to be used. So with Maya, what I do is let's say I want to increase our social media followings. So I'll tell her this is what I want to do. And then together we'll kind of sit down and be like, okay, so it's going to be a series of three emails. What automations need to be done? Yeah. Yeah. So we would determine 
like what the best software is to use, like what actually needs to be done. Um, is it connecting? Like what are we sending in the emails? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, yeah, how you want them spaced out over a certain period of time. Um, what triggers the um, I think this is part of step four, actually, what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, let's combine step four. So step four is establishing the automation. So figuring out, so let's say you have, um, let's say you have, you don't have a CRM, but you have a mail delivery service like MailChimp Mm -hmm. or, you know, Active Campaigns is a really popular one with um, bookkeepers. Um, but let's say you have a mail delivery service. So that is going to be your main automation is using, creating the email. Your automation platform. Yeah. Creating your emails and then automating them through there. Yeah. The next step is four where you map it. Map out the process, which is. Now you can go. (laughs) (laughs) They're so similar. so So once you've got your goal, you've got, You've got your automation platform uh, that you're going to use. Uh, then that's that's when you really get down to the nitty gritty of what needs to be done. So you determine what I guess the, the first the first thing you would need to do is who is the email going to be sent to? You want it to be sent to all of your clients. You want it to be sent to be sent to all the new leads that come in through your website or through wherever, and you set up a trigger. Um, that will, and depending on what platform you're using, it's going to be called something different. Yeah. But they'll generally all have an option of, I want to send this, like, enroll people in this automation if they meet these requirements, is yeah. basically. I think pretty much everyone that. has, like, every email yeah. has something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, yeah, you choose that. And then you want to set, like, do you want to set a tag for them? If they're, if it's a new lead, maybe you want to set or add them to a list of new leads or something. Um, then you want to send them this email. Then you want to wait seven days and send them this next email. And then um, at the end, make sure you send them an email with this link to do this other thing. And then once they get to the end of the workflow, like, or the end of the automation, what do you want to happen then? Are they going to then go on to another list or is it going to send you a notification to, to follow up with them as a phone call if they haven't already, you know, booked in a meeting with you or something, if that's what it was for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so you got you got you got your start point, you got all the stuff that happens in the middle, mm-hmm. and then the end point. Sometimes you won't need an end point if it's just like marketing emails or something, yeah. like a newsletter. You don't really need an end point. Um, but if it's for a new client, then your end point would be to to follow up further if you haven't Yeah. No, it's awesome. And then once you map it, then you actually create the plan to do it. So that's when you would start by writing the content, like writing the sales process. So um, in this, we're obviously talking about automation. So it's all going to be automated emails. So you would then need to write the emails, plan out what, let's say it's a series of three emails, write each email, and then you would need to set it up. 
and get all of the mapping process actually happening and then actually test it and use it. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, I like to have the campaign going for about a month to two months, depending on how often you get people doing something. And then the main step, oh, it's not seven steps. It's only six steps. Sorry, guys. I need to fix that. It's six steps. The last step is learning from your analytics. It says no one does the perfect sales process the first time. You need to learn from what works and doesn't work. So in every email system that is out there, you are able to look at the metrics and look at the open rights, the click rates, unsubscribe rights, the um, like average set. If you have a CRM, you can check the average sale over time, how often they actually purchase from those emails. Then when you go on to create your next sales process, you can learn and just fix things up and fine tune them. Yeah, and it's kind of like you learn and then you go back to step one again. But when you go back to step one again, now that you've already set up the automation and you have all the emails done, you don't have to do steps like two through four. Yeah, you just already done. like skip straight to step five and just change the email content. Yeah, and that's what we've done at Savvy. And, you know, once I figured out the combination that worked, then we were able to just, you know, continually work off of it. And um, it makes the process really great. So it's really the first one that you do that's the hardest. Then the rest Mm. of it, it's just so much The rest of it is really just tweaking little bits here and there until you Mm. get it right. Yeah, yeah. So And again, like we said at the start, it doesn't work. It's been changing. It's not that it doesn't work. (laughs) It's just that what you're doing hasn't been working. Yeah. And that's why this step six is so important. You learn from what isn't working. Yeah. And you tweak it and you go back and you try it again. Yeah. And because, you know, everyone responds differently to emails. Some people like having, so there'll be emails that you'll get that you won't even actually notice are done through email marketing. They'll look like exactly like an email, but they're actually scheduled out emails as well. And then there's ones that look more marketed. So depending on your client base, your clients might want the look and setup of the more marketed style emails and your, or your clients want the simple ones. They might like to have multiple options to click, or they only want the one option. Or you might find that they respond better if you put images, or they might respond better if you take out the images, or if you put more colors, or you have less colors. Or Like, if you're working predominantly with tradies, they probably just want, you know, your stock standard information and Mm -hmm. to get on with their lives. But if you're working more with creative people, they, they might want prefer all of that fun. images and, you know, a story and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So it's all kind of a playing around and seeing what works. Mm. And sometimes that takes a couple goes to get it really spot on. 
But with your analytics that you get through your email systems, it isn't that hard to really go through and go, okay, this email didn't work. Hardly anyone, like, they opened it, nothing happened. Or this email worked, We everyone was opening it, like, over five times. But <laughs> no one clicked. Why didn't they click? That's one of the things to go through and look at. If your emails are doing really well and people are opening them, but they're not doing that final call to action you've asked them to do, it's really important to figure out why. Is the call to action not big enough? Is it not been mentioned enough? Um, it's all of those things that these are some of the reasons why maybe it hasn't worked for you in the past. Another thing to be mindful of is like, so the step six learn from the analytics is if it goes out once and the person doesn't click on it, doesn't buy, doesn't sign up, doesn't book a meeting, that is not enough of an example that it doesn't work. You need, like, you can't determine, we can't say exactly how many people it should be sent to before you can determine. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if it's it's based on on a contact form submission, then it will be going out periodically whenever somebody fills out the form. So it could take a while before it goes out to a, a certain amount of people. The other main type of email automation is ones that you send out to, a whole list of contacts that you already have. Yeah. Um, and that one is a lot easier to um, to gauge within a shorter period of time because it goes out to a whole bunch of Mass. people and you can see them. But if it's yeah. if it's an email that goes out just whenever someone happens to fill out your contact form or something like that, then one, two, three, even four or five is not really enough. I think a minimum is trying it if it's just like, like you said, a contact form, you need to have like 50 to see if it's working because within that 50, probably 10% of those people are in the process of, let's say it's a contact form to book in. They're probably 10% are probably having a bad day and they've just gotten sick of their books and they want a quick fix. The next but, day they're feeling better. And better yeah, the next day they're like, oh, no, never mind. And then another 10% are probably people who are just asking for a quote and actually don't want anything. They're just trying to budget them getting a bookkeeper next year. Yeah. And then 10% of the next ones, like. But, but, but those people who just want to know a quote for getting a bookkeeper next year, they're not completely dead to you. No. Just because they don't want to buy now doesn't mean that they might not want you in the future. So you should definitely keep them on your list and give them some tips to help them in the meantime. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the things. That's why, like, you know, depending on your business and depending how big your business is and the kind of sales process you're doing, for Savvy to basically figure out if anything I've been doing lately is working, I wait for, like, a 100 results to come in to really figure out if it's working but if you're a smaller company and you you know basically let's say you might get one inquiry a month okay so then do six months kind of thing 
So it all depends on your the company, your clients, and yeah, exactly. So it all kind of depends, but it's one of those things that you would figure out the checkup, you know, process when you're in the midst of planning your automation and follow up. So what I've done as well is today I thought we could go through actually talking through what a follow-up will look like. Um, it really helps to understand the different ways a follow-up can be done, especially with bookkeeping because follow-ups should be done for leads and for client retention. So there's a lot of clients that we have that actually don't want to grow. They just want to continually improve for their existing clients. That does not mean you don't have any follow-ups to do. Um, it just means you have different follow-ups to do. So I wanted to kind of go through and break down the base, just generalized follow-up process to help you get a bit of a visual for you to figure out how to do it for yourself. So basically what you want to be able to do, let's say a lead comes through your sales funnel on your website or they fill out, excuse me, they fill out a form and through your Instagram or a contact section through social media. Let's say they come through there. If that happens, the goal for you is to do three things. Nurture the relationship, educate them on the ben benefits of your service, and nudge them to work with you. That's your three goals. If you're having someone who is inquiring from your website about your services, that's your three goals. This is typically done in three to five emails. Again, depending on your clients and depending on your business. We do typically five emails to do this for Savvy. And then for our follow-ups on our sales process, let's say we have a launch, we do it in three emails. But the original follow-up process is in five emails, which, so we do both. So that's why I'm saying three to five emails. Um, <laughs> and once you have that, then it's time to actually create the content. So once you know how many emails you're gonna break it down, then it's going to actually figuring out how to win whatever thing you want done. So by doing it in the three to five emails and not trying to get the sale on the first email, which you should never do guys, just FYI, never, never expect it either. Yeah. Never expect it and never even try and do it in the first email. The first email is thanking them for getting in touch with you. The first email is introducing you and the business to this potential client and showing them ways of how to get in touch with you to go further. It's never, hey, buy my thing right here. Boom. Nobody uh, likes that. If, uh, if they have contacted you through your website as a new lead, mm -hmm. um, First email should include a link to book in yes. an initial consult with you. Yes. That's, it's not a sale. It's just a, hey, we need to chat more. Yes. Let's exactly. have a chat. Click this link. 
Exactly. That is the difference. You don't want to just say, hey, buy my bookkeeping service right here. It's let's have a chat to better understand what you need. And I would probably say if they've asked for a quote, don't put your hourly rate in the email. No, guys, it's so bad. Please don't do that ever. It's 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 just. Have a conversation with them. Yeah, have a a chat first Um, because everyone's different. Just like Mm -hmm. I always say all the time, every bookkeeper's different. Every business is different. Everyone's needs is different, and you need to make sure that you are understanding what they require you to do before Mm -hmm. you say anything. If – look at it this way. If you don't want to put – your hourly rate or your prices on your website, you shouldn't give them out in the first email. Yes. If you want to give them out in the first email, you may as well just put them on your website. And a lot of bookkeepers do have them on their website um, and it works for them for certain reasons. And a lot of other bookkeepers don't want their prices on their website and that works for them for other reasons. So the price should never go in the email. It should yeah. either be on the website or it should be determined after you speak to them. Yeah, and then it's sent through as a quote. It's not just mm-hmm. sent through as an email level. Oh, yeah, this is how much I charge. Yeah. It's the first email is to create that little bit of connection. Mm-hmm. Then in the second email, which is usually sent, now this is for sales, it's usually sent two to three days afterwards to check in to make sure that they received the email that you sent originally for them to do the call to action of booking in a consult with you or whatever or whatever the call to action is. Yeah. Then the third. Maybe you can. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, maybe you can like link them through to a blog post or something you've done that adds a bit more information. Yeah. Oh, well, like if you've got some, you might be interested in this. Exactly. And that brings me on to the third email. The third email, if Uh, they still haven't contacted you, you still, you know, gently go, hey, make sure you book in here. But then this is when you start adding the value added services, the value added showing you, showing your clients that you are an expert in your field. And this is when you would do it to blogs. This is when you would do, if you have the lead magnet, you might just send them the lead magnet, the link to download the lead magnet. And this is usually done three to four days afterwards. You send the second email. Then, again, if they haven't done anything that you've asked them to do, then it goes to the fourth email where you provide more value-added services and can even send the links through to your social media platforms to get to know you a little bit better. Maybe they just need that little extra bit of trust. You can send that to them. That's usually, again, three to four days after the third email. If you still haven't heard from them after that fourth email, then go to the closing email. In the closing email, that's done four to five days after the fourth email. So this is not all done in one week, guys. This is done over a period of time because everyone is busy Remember, everyone is busy. They might not action your email right away. <laughs> so you got to get also, some time. 
It also comes back to what we talked about last week um, with the, the contact points. Yes. It takes and how time. many times someone needs to have contact from you in some way before they're actually willing to buy. And for most people, what did you say? It's more than five times it's or like usually, 10 times? Yeah, usually the hotspot is between five and 12 touch points. So, you know, it's a lot to ask you to do 12 touch points. So, so, but like them coming to your website is the first touch point. Yes, exactly. Or maybe they find you on Facebook and then they go to your website. That's two touch points. Yes. Perfect. I like your thinking. So these these emails are then could potentially the, be the third, fourth, fifth, sixth ones. Exactly. So in the closing email, it's not really a closing email. It's just the closing email for you doing the follow up. It's leaving it open for them to then contact you. And in this, you can be a bit cheeky. I have one client where I, I don't do this so much for savvy because it's not as relevant, but I have one client where I go, you know, in this email, um, I'm assuming you haven't gotten back to me for three reasons. One, you're busy and you haven't looked at what I need you to look at. Two, you just aren't ready to commit. And then three, you've looked over it and you just haven't wanted to say no to me. Let me know what number it is and then I can do this, this, and this. Or if it's number three, I'll stop bothering you. So it's, again, that all depends on your clients on how you actually write the closing email. But in the closing email, you always include your booking link and you always include a value-added resource that they continually go through or multiple value-added resources. For Savvy, we do the multiple because we're all about value. So I send them through to the podcast. I send them through to our blogs, our free resources, anything they could get that can help their business. This is not about me making the sale. This is just about me trying to provide them with as much as possible until they can get back to me. And then the ball's in their court. Or if you've set it up so you get a notification to follow up with them, you could give them a call. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So this is like this whole series is a completely automated series. This has no touch points for you actually calling them. So it all depends on how you lay out your follow-ups. This is for someone who doesn't want to call until they're at maybe the fifth one and then they call and be like, hey, just wanted to check to make sure you got this email. Because sometimes it goes into junk box and they never mm. get the email. So after this automation goes through, you're right, you might be tasked then to do a follow-up call just to finally do that final touch point with them. Um, it all what depends. you said about the junk email is a good point as well. Like just because they haven't responded to any of your emails does not mean that they don't want you to call them. Exactly. If exactly. they specifically don't want you to contact them, they will let you know. And if you give them a call and they say, hey, yeah, no, I'm not interested, then it's done. You yeah. just yeah. put it aside, it's move on to the next one. And, it, you know, but it's something you that – You don't know. They might – they might be like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy. I haven't been able to get back to you, but I've really enjoyed the links that you've sent through. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm you know, this happens with Savvy all the time. Like, there's this one client we just found out a couple months ago that for four months our emails were going into her junk mail. And 
we we were getting to the point that I was like, it's so weird she hasn't been contacting me. And so I called her, and that's the only reason why we found out. And she's like, yeah, you know, I haven't gotten an email from you guys in a really long time, even though I'm signed up to get emails. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things that we were actually the whole time going into her junk mail for some weird reason. Yeah. We weren't always going in her junk mail. Um, but we fixed it, and now she's getting everything. And then also it happens all the time where I'll call someone after I do all the follow-ups and they do the exact, Oh, I haven't gotten around to it. You're in my email box. You're starred. You're in my savvy folder. Have everything saved. I haven't forgotten. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. And that's very normal. Um, we all do that. I yeah, do. That. I definitely I have so many that. emails in my personal one that I, I definitely like, I want to look at this eventually. Yeah. And do you know what's funny? Because, you know, we're busy. Typically it's the things that are all about, business development or personal development that get put on the back burner because it's not working within the business right away. Mm. So, you know, when you think about bookkeeping, that is business development. So it's one of those things that it's not a hundred percent necessary to get the task done right now, but it's something that needs to get done. So they just push it to a side and then do all the other emails first. So it's one of those things that it does take a little bit of time. So as long as you can create that relationship to remind them to keep going back, you'll be good to go. And, you know, setting up the automations just saves you time. And it provides that service for them to be comfortable with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've done one more example for you because I know – For a lot of you, you don't want to get new sales right now. So all of that was just like a whole new topic. So what I've done is I've also created a client retention kind of breakdown for you. So in the ones that I just did was a five email automation for you for the follow-ups. Now I'm going to show you how the three, a series of three emails can work to do a follow-up. So, um, Typically what we do, it's to kind of, the one I've created is to ultimately do a reviews, referrals and reviews, call to action. So in the first email, it's just checking in on them to see how they're doing, asking how their day is going, how's their quarter going, if you know anything personal about them, if they have kids or if they have horses or like anything check in on them, see how they're doing. Remember that they're a person that you're talking to and just check in. Then in the second follow-up, let's say strengthen, work on strengthening your relationship. So check in to make sure they got the last email and then go, hey, by the way, did you know that we're on social media? I'd love to connect with you and your business to support you guys. And, you know, keep up to date with you a bit more. Send your links to your social media for them to click on and then connect. Then in your third follow-up, go through and then do what you ultimately want them to do, which is do the referrals. You know, again, check in, see how they're going that day, and then go, hey, 
by the way, we love having you as a client. I'd love to be able for you to just do a quick write-up on your experience working with, with us so far. Then include the link to your Facebook and or Google listings or whatever you have. Um, doing reviews on Facebook and Google business listings are really, really good um, because it provides the different mediums for people. And it can be something as easy as just giving them a star, like giving you a star. Typically with bookkeepers though, people will go above and beyond as soon as you ask them to do a review. Typically they'll do like almost a paragraph of how amazing you are. So by doing these touch points of checking in with them, wanting to connect and strengthen your relationship, and then asking them to do what you actually want them to do, it's not just straight sending a random email to your client to be like, hey, can you write me a review? It's creating that communication and relationship to do that. And to do this, you don't do it all in a week either. So in your first email, obviously you send your first email, then your second email, don't actually send it until a week afterwards. So you're not hounding them. Then for the third email, don't send it again that week, send it two weeks afterwards. So it's actually covers like three weeks worth of- A, a one week gap and then a two week a, gap? Yeah, that way it's actually creating a communication base that it's not boom, 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 email. Yeah, we're not hounding them. Yeah, you, you are checking in on clients that you already have. This is just a retention and engagement email process. So you only need three and you don't send them out back to back to back because that's annoying. <laughs> that's really annoying. So that's a way that you can do more of a client retention follow-up series. But again, it's automated. Um, you don't really have to do anything. You just create, you map up the process, you create the content, you schedule it out, and then you see how it goes. And that's basically what we do. And um, it's since we've implemented these strategies, our engagement, our client service base, making sure that people are getting what they need out of us has increased amazingly because we've been communicating more. Mm. Even like we set up for Angie, I think, wrote the emails and I set yes. up the automation for it for when someone subscribes to get notifications about the podcast yeah. um, from the website. Um, so now when you do that, uh, you get a series of three emails mm -hmm. um, and one of them asks these questions about like, it's like three questions saying why, what made, or like how did you discover this podcast and, mm -hmm. and what, um, what kind of content would you like to hear more of? Mm -hmm. And I'd completely forgotten about it, but someone <laughs> replied to it the other day and with some really useful stuff and some good ideas for us for the podcast. And I was like, oh, this awesome. And we that's this thing and it works. Yeah, and that's done to, again, create that connection and also mm -hmm. learn more of what you guys actually want to know. The whole point of this podcast is we talk about what our clients are asking and that's why we've created these last few series because 
I've been getting some really great feedback from you guys as to what you actually want to hear. Yeah. That email that we got back is perfect because it gave us basically an idea for a new product for Savvy Mm -hmm. and ideas for a new series of doing on the podcast. It's perfect. It works for everyone. Keep the feedback coming, guys. Yeah, it works for everyone. It works for you guys. So you're getting to hear content that you actually want to hear. Mm-hmm. And we are doing more products that are directly related to what you're concerned about right now. It's perfect. And it's an automated series. It's great. So what we'll go into next week is we'll go more into the actual of how to set up the automations. We kind of just skip past that today because we're going to do it's it's quite a big conversation and i have a feeling you and i are going to possibly ramble with it because yeah. we do like it quite a bit so next week we'll actually go into that little center part of actually creating the automations and really working on streamlining to save you guys time but um yeah like my said if you guys have any things that you want us to talk about please feel free to let us know like we love hearing from you guys everything we do is directly specific for you um even you know one of our really top products that we have right now is our email templates that we created mm-hmm. for you we yeah, they are yeah flying out like hotcakes people are loving them <laughs> and to be honest it was one of our clients asked for them and mm. We never considered that a thing that people would want. It Mm -hmm. actually like it baffled us. I was like, yeah, I could definitely create this for them. Um, So we did. And it's actually turned into one of the best things that our clients are just loving. And Mm -hmm. we would have never thought of it if it wasn't you guys actually saying. So also just think about like we learned so much from you guys imagine once you open up the communication and relationship with your own clients how much more you can learn about how you can refine your services to help them it goes both ways so i hope this um podcast has helped you guys a lot and uh yeah just let us know if there's anything else you want to hear about because um we love doing it for you guys and I've just thought of something that I should mention. Um, so JobKeeper is the first round, is finishing soon. And just this week I have made up um, Pandadoc templates for Off the Hook and sent them out to all of our clients, um, asking them if they would like us to reassess uh, them for JobKeeper 2.0. And that template will be available in the shop soon. So you can do the same. And we've had, I sent it out um, Was it yesterday? yesterday. I sent yeah. it yesterday and probably half the people have have signed it already. Yeah. Um, and so that's not a free service. And it says in the template how much we will charge them to do this assessment. Um, and, yeah, half of them have already signed it. So uh, it's just to, to get it. Yeah, to get it to you, it's just a matter of me turning it into a template that I can give to you instead of one that has off-the-hook branding on it and make a Word doc version for people who don't use Pandadoc. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully.
monthly um, that will be available. Do you think you'd be able to do that within the week? Yeah. Yeah. I now like saying that on, well, this podcast is going to go live Friday, Friday, which means that puts the pressure on me to have it ready when the podcast goes live on Friday. Well, so today for you listening is now Friday or if you don't listen to it on Friday, fine. It's never done. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, yeah, I am now being held accountable <laughs> to get this product ready for Friday. Yeah. Cause um, I know a lot of people have been talking actually the third, I, three people this week has been talking mm-hmm. about 2.0. So um, to save you yeah. guys some just time, um, yeah. You guys can just download that product that Maya's created, and you, she did a great job because already everyone's yeah. immediately responding. Yeah, yeah. There was someone who signed it within six minutes. That's the, oh. yeah. <laughs> That's the power of Canada. It pops up in your inbox, and you just sign it, and it's done. Love it. Oh, I love it. I love PandaDoc. It's great. <laughs> Makes me so happy. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for you guys um, listening to us. And as always, if you want to join our iHeart Bookkeeping or iHeart Payroll Facebook groups, make sure to just fill out all of the questions. We can't actually admit you until you answer all the questions. And um, then you can join our wonderful community of savvy bookkeepers. Awesome. Do you want to do the closing again? You ask me every time. Uh, stay safe, stay sane, and stay savvy. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie. Would you love to connect with other savvy bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design, or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.